1: With our fighting spirit,
2: we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
1: Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that enjoys Scottish football about as much as Ovi Ajaria does. This week on Heart and Hand, Rangers return to where we should be. <laughs> So welcome to Art and Hand and Podcast. My name's David Edgar, and I'm joined this week live and in living colour by none other than Mr. James Forrest. No, not that one. Hello, David. Nice to be here and to see you in person. A, a rare treat for me. Yes, make the most of it. It won't happen a lot. And joining us by from a remote location
0: by the power of
1: technology is none other than Mr. Cameron and James Bell. Uh,
0: hello, boys. Hello. I've just uh, kind of realized that Since the two of you are together and I'm on the phone, this is a kind of Batman, Robin, Commissioner Gordon type scenario. Yeah, we were using like the old red phone from the Bell Jar. Do you know what I mean? Are
1: we we saying now that uh, James has stepped up into the Robin now that the previous Robin (laughs) has left?
0: Well he's no longer Catwoman Let's put it like that Yeah. Um, I'll, let, case I'll case. let you boys distinguish who's Batman and who's Robin Gee willickers um, Yeah I think um, that, yeah. that'll
1: take a while Cammy to work out who's <laughs> Batman Okay folks now obviously since we were last here On, on the main Heart and Hand shows uh, We didn't because we were playing on Thursday We didn't uh, have a Heart and Hand Extra last week So since we talked to most of the audience Although you can always hear us on Patreon folks And you can buy an annual subscription now So uh, just be aware But uh, since we were last talking. We exited Europe with a 1-0 defeat in Vienna. Uh, A strange old game in that I I was very nervy, James, and Rangers and Vienna thought, I mean, we couldn't string two passes together for the majority of the match. Both, I think, were very nervous. I mean, they needed a point. We needed the win. Rangers... I think intent was obviously, we went with the 4-1, 4-1, was to keep it tight and try and nick the goal and get through that way. But in the end, uh, couldn't quite do it. Hit the bar, came close, but then we couldn't quite do it. And that led to a breakaway mistake from Rangers, a breakaway 1-0, that was it. And we're out of Europe. And the overriding feeling for me was pride that we'd got as far as we did. But I think you can have two feelings at the same time. And while I was very proud And we've massively overachieved And I certainly wasn't angry I was a wee bit disappointed Because I felt we could do it we, we could have beaten them And we could have gone through
2: yeah, I mean, the game itself Wasn't one for the purest no. um, So from a neutral If you're a neutral Watching that game You'd be thinking Bruh. But, uh, do you know It was a, it was always going to come down To fine margins And the finest of margins From our point of view Was Goldson Hitting the crossbar That was our, that was our best chance And then Alan McGregor has been so so good for us mm. the whole European campaign. You know we wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't yeah. for him. It's we'd, have gone, as that. we'd
1: have gone out in
2: Maribor. Oh hundred percent, hundred percent. He he was the reason why we got past them and got to where, where we were because we always saw that as the the tough tie. Mm-hmm. Um and you know his his my kicks not it's not great and they pick it up and and they get the goal and you know it's I think you're right to to say that we're we're allowed to have those. Contrasting feelings Both In the over you, You're allowed to look at The kind of overall campaign At that point But also look at The game itself The game itself There was some frustration Because Rapid As much as we weren't great Neither were Rapid no, So they were there for us To take um, And ultimately You know there's, there's frustrations Where you just need One or two guys To just Step up Be the guy To You know Produce that And no one really did that the midfield seemed a bit off uh, mm. you know, for a lot of the game but um, you know overall the campaign has been absolutely wonderful and it, it, my feeling has always been Europe for us this season has been for the fans to mm. get, to get it's us back yeah. it's, it's a bonus and it's, it's for the fans to get those experiences for you know, fans who maybe hadn't had a chance to have an away trip in Europe yeah, before. Yeah. You know, in the group stage, something that they can plan well in advance. You know, loads of people went out to Vienna Over to 12, support. 000. Over incredible, twelve thousand, incredible, isn't it? Name me, Two name, weeks me before Christmas. <laughs> name me five other clubs in world no, football you, who would do that. You, you know, there's no, no like chance, that. no chance. So, um, incredibly proud of the team to have got to where we've got to, and also we finished third in the group. You know, we were the, we were the bottom seeds, mm-hmm. and we finished third in that group, and the two teams who finished above us over the head-to-head record, we actually have a better head-to-head record as well. So
1: In a way, though, Cammy, that makes it a little bit more frustrating for me because, as James said, it wasn't the other night that we lost. It was one point from six against Spartak when we should absolutely nobody to blame but I say well maybe the linesman with that ridiculous offside against Alfie but we absolutely should have taken a minimum of four from those two games and I think maybe that's the frustration because you think it's not we went into a group and the teams were just much better than us and fair enough there was not a lot we could do it's just we were you know we could have done it but we fell prey to that old Rangers thing of starting a group well dipping in the middle and then blowing it at
0: the end I think you've um... You've got to look at the entire European campaign context. It's tough to do because we'll always look at, you know, where we've been 12 months ago, 18 months ago and the shitstorm that we were in at that time. And now all of a sudden we're sitting here going, oh, we should have qualified into the last stages European campaign. So, you know, are, are we, you know, getting ahead of ourselves? I think what you've seen in the last six, seven months from a European campaign is we're setting ourselves a benchmark. I said at the time... Uh, when we started the group stage properly against Belar,ie out for whatever reason we seem to shit the bed. I maintain that we've still done that in matches um, within the European campaign, where we've not started as confidently as we should have. I think that's probably cost us. Now that sounds incredibly harsh because we didn't know what level we were at. So I think if if the the players, the management team, and the club as a whole actually can can reflect back on this. What we can say very confidently is that we deserve to be part of that. We, we were there on merit. We did well. We got some great performances. We got some great results. Um, so overall, you're going to feel very positive about the European campaign. Of course, we're disappointed not to progress. We were, you know, trying very hard to make that happen against Vienna. I, I think he, he got it right. I know it sounds daft because obviously we lost him and went out. There was no reason to go gung-ho with that because a goal would have killed us. So I did enjoy the kind of slightly pragmatic approach to how he went into the game to look to see if we can be able to try and sneak it. Um, the financial advantage uh, that obviously uh, qualifying to the next stages, you know, would have been fantastic. But in fairness, none of us expected the financial gain that we've had when you know we were neck deep in qualifiers. No. So um, we've definitely had a lot of, po- uh, of positives and benefits from it, and I think that by and large and I will give a shout out to the fans because I don't know another club in the world that takes six times as many fans as you have tickets <laughs> um, it's phenomenal and from everything that I've heard I've had a great time which is great I've done it myself um, a lot of times it's for the trip And do know that there's a lot of people going it was a first time away what I can tell you is if they're in like me as soon as you go you 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 know, you absolutely love it and you want to do it again um, so there's a benchmark now which I believe that the club has set itself uh and for that we should be very proud and i think like you say it's just it's a positive story for me it's 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 a good news story overall
1: as cammy says it's a platform to build upon um we did overachieve from our expectations being rangers we're always going to be a bit disappointed that we didn't go that bit further that's who we are but it was still i think overall as he says a positive although there were some disappoint moments there were some great moments and i think now we can reflect, although James, as you and I being sad Italian, Serie A fanboys, then Rapid Vienna get drawn out the hat against Inter and it's laugh. <laugher. laughs> but but uh, but overall now it's time to just put that behind us and get through the rest of this month and refocus and recharge the batteries, get some new players in in January and move on.
2: Time to dominate Scotland again. We've had we've had our, our kind of European foray, which has been absolutely wonderful. Uh and as much as as much as I said, you know, this time it was for the fans, that's it. You know, going forward we should aim to be at that level at the very, very least, uh, as well. So, you know, that that that's where we look to going forward in the future. But um we've we've surpassed that. That was never in our minds as something we would we would look to have this season. So you know, it's time. It's time to focus and, you know, start winning these games and start start producing performances again uh, in these in these domestic games because we know how oppositions like to play against us. So let's let's see what we can do to combat that and not look like we're struggling and try, almost walking through treacle to get results, which I think has been. It's starting to kind of become a bit a theme of late uh, in yeah. terms of our, our game. I don't know whether that's down to fitness or whether that's down to a mentality issue because there's been bigger games that have been kind of on the horizon in, in Europe.
1: I think they look tired. I think they look mentally yeah. tired. And I know that when, whenever you say that about footballers, people quite rightly say, well, I do 12-hour shifts and they don't have to do that. And it is correct, but it still doesn't change the fact that players who play a lot of games in a short period of time, they lose a bit of sharpness that is inevitable. That is what happens to them. I think you've seen that with Rangers the last few weeks because the thing that's went right downhill, Cammy, has been decision-making. You know, they're, they're still competing. They're still doing the things you would expect a sportsman to do. They have great levels of physical fitness, but they're just not quite as sharp as
0: they have been previously this season. No, they're not. And I think um, it goes a bit, Beyond that, for me, in terms of it's great experience for Gerard and his his management team as well to to have that different facet of football. You have to approach it differently. You know, cup football is cut football, but when you're dealing with you know a European stage, I, I still think that the um the, the paradigm shifts dramatically. The, the other thing, uh, just to kind of call out as well, is we we've done very well in this European campaign with with no serious injuries out the back of it. Um, I know, obviously, we've you know we've had the suspensions and whatever else as well. Um, at times, probably refereeing has emulated what it's been trying to do domestically. Um, but overall, I think that we've we went through that European campaign. I, I just I struggle to think really of any kind of real disadvantages. We, we've had a major learning point. Yes, the players it has taken a toll on them. I I, I do believe that we've had some degree of domestic impact with that. I think we have. Um, I think it's, because. Yeah. Oh, it's been it's been difficult. It's been difficult to maintain that sharpness. Um, the European games, you know, especially when you're in those tight weeks, they're very thick and fast. Within the course of you know a fortnight, you could have played three games within that window. Um, you know, two domestically, one in Europe, etc. So I think within that, it's difficult to be able to maintain a run. Um, but again, I think the team have coped with it well. Uh, and I think, as I say, we, we came out of it. Very, I, I think we came out of it with good marks. And I think, if we had to promote ourselves back into European stage to show, yes, this has been our journey and this is where we are now, I think that we will have surprised a lot of people with how well we performed across that across that piece. Um, and I think the players and management have to be very proud of that.
1: So we went into the match on Sunday against Hamilton Accies at Ibrox, and I think all fairly confident with no. Disrespect meant to Hamilton. they not a very good side. The league position tells you that. Performances tell you that. It wasn't being disrespectful at all to suggest that. And even if it was, we're still Rangers and we should be eating fucking Hamilton ackeys at home. And... Lovely day at Ibrox turned up. And Rangers absolutely blitzed them, James, in the opening five minutes. Uh, we scored after three. And as I've said in other places, it had been coming. Lafferty... And we'll come to him, Cami. Lafferty misses a sitter from about a yard out. And... Rangers then immediately score, uh, Daniel Candace gets a goal. And at that point, mate, I'm thinking, here we go, we're gonna put this one to bed. And we were dominant, we just couldn't get the next goal. And as happens when that happens, we began to get a little bit tense. Now, having sat and watched the game back this morning, when I was in the ground yesterday, maybe the tension of the last 20 minutes when I was going, don't screw this up, don't, because obviously we know what happened with, with Celtic at Hibs. That made it a bigger match for us. And I was not alone in going, they're going to score one, aren't they? It's just, you know, it's just the, the scar tissue of what's happened to us the last few years. But Rangers did hold out. And then watching it back this morning and with the advantage of knowing the result, Rangers did create a shitload of chances yesterday. People might be saying, oh, you know, no, we did. Yes, we did. Rangers we did. should have scored three or four goals yesterday. Based on the chances they made, never mind the opportunities that they should have made, as we said earlier, through bad decision making. But, given the tenseness of the league campaign at the moment, if you don't get that cushion, there is going to be nerves among the fans. It's natural. Yes, definitely. Um, it was an incredible start to the game, actually. you know, It was
2: really, really good because we hadn't maybe seen that level of that press, that real press, mm-hmm. and really going at it right long from long the start. Long, yeah. And as you say, all round, and, and having that dynamic of the 2 fullbacks who are able to bomb on and can deliver good crosses and are attack-minded. It gives you that extra dimension on the left-hand side. Barisic is huge in that regard, yeah. isn't he? Massive, massive. Um, and also his relationship with Gresta, um, to ex-teammates, um, mm-hmm. you know, at, at beforehand. So they know each other's game and you could see that Grezda actually benefits from having a left back like Barisic Behind him yeah. To then be able to to Play the way he likes to And once he moved To the right I don't think we saw The same the same level of Creativity from him uh, At that point Afterward uh, I I thought You know The the chance that Lafferty Missed It's one of those I mean He he runs through On the goalkeeper In like the first minute Is able to get the ball Off the goalkeeper
1: He did really well yeah. Did really really,
2: really good to, to do that But then Just We couldn't quite get The get the goal then and then could quite get the goal then but then after three minutes Daniel can there with the with the opener and you're right I'm, I'm at that point expecting it to be two or three nil after like 20 minutes and I, we were, I,
1: I thought by half time the game yeah, would
2: be to say I for, for sure for sure second half yeah I mean at, at the time I was a bit like we're not really we're not really creating enough but you look back and I actually we did because we were trying to we were, there was a lot of crossing but just couldn't
1: quite get there in the yeah, end up exactly, right. yeah exactly Cammie, uh, your boy, now, it, I thought leaving the ground yesterday he'd had a nightmare, but watching it back, he did do things well at times, uh, but overall, I still can't say that I thought he played well. He did some, some good things. He looks, I don't know, is he trying too hard? Is he shit out
0: of confidence? I mean, wh- what is it? Um, yeah, he's trying too hard and he's shit out of confidence. The, the the I'm good me, aren't I? I'm, <laughs> well, you know. I mean that's that's what it is. I mean, that's why you know people listen to this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, the issue with Lafferty is I firmly believe if he scores the header at the back post, that he then goes on to get a hat trick. Um, what I will say for him, so listen, I'm I'm very happy to criticise him because. I you bastard! No, no, but see the end of the day, right, David. Listen, I'll always be honest. We're always honest and hard and hand. So there's no point in me pretending otherwise. He has shit out of confidence, and he he does need to be able to take his chances. However, my outstanding love for Kyle Lafferty to one side, any any player on that team who has to get into that starting eleven has to be able to. Uh, Capitalize the opportunity they've been given especially and, when he uh, is behind and, uh, the most undroppable player in the team But absolutely so the thing is he has to be able to 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 keep that going um, do I think that Lafferty has potentially spurred Morelos on to give him a bit more of a kind of emphasis very possibly in terms of how much we've seen from Morelos from that perspective because I think that Alfie would not have wanted to see his position under threat um, I don't think he thinks it's under threat if he saw Lafferty yesterday anyway But, having said that, there's other work which he's trying to do, and what what you may remember, there was an incident yesterday where uh, Lafferty, you'll remember it from the tail end, where there's a a point in the second half where Lafferty's trying to side-foot it into the net, and the Halton um, defender has got his arms around him and kind of twists his body slightly. I'm sure you guys will remember the one that I'm talking about.
1: yeah. (laughs)
0: But that entire move came from Lafferty picking up the ball literally within 10 yards within the within the, the Hamilton half. And what he's done is he's created it. He's motored, you know, as soon as he's released the ball, he's motored into that position where he then gets it back and creates the opportunity. And it's probably the, the, the Wayne Rooney syndrome of when you're seeing, you know, you're not scoring goals as a striker, which is expected of you. You start dropping further and further back. Um, that being said, and again, I'm not going to, you know, Courtney corners In terms of it, he uh, he wasn't doing a lot. The hold up play well, which is a kind of default staple of Kyle Lafferty. If he's not scoring, at least he'll hold the ball up and progress it into other other parts of play. So there is a confidence thing there. There is definitely. I, I I'm very very honest in terms of. I do think if he scores the header uh, at the start of the game, then he goes on to get a hat trick. Um. I'm I'm not taking anything away from the Hamilton goalkeeper from the same oh, at the, the, same, end, which, yeah, the which which was same. world class yes, by I have the way, no idea this. how the boy got into that it was like fucking golden no. banks and the thing is though, that in, in that space and if you watch that if you if, if you watch that again that week in a, a segment of play even afterwards laugh at he believe it <laughs> um, he, he starts to celebrate he actually runs away starting to celebrate then realizes that the keeper saved it and then you know actually congratulates the goalkeeper you know, as we're waiting for the ball to come in from the corner. Yeah. Um, so he is, he must be, the you know, the person in, 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 in Ibrox who cannot believe that the goalkeeper saved it to that degree because he, he absolutely thought that's going to... So no, absolutely, you know, I do believe that he has got the opportunity to be able to come good for us. Um, we need to buy strikers in the January window. Um, if that puts Lafferty down the pecking order, then so be it. At the end of the day, we, we can't be... That nervous with a 1-0 lead against Hamilton at home I don't totally understand the tension in the stadium yesterday I, you know, I was exactly it, the I mean, same it, when d- I
1: was, it, it gripped everybody I mean James we, we were all sitting and it is it's not it wasn't because anyone was seen in the game because if you look at it, Hamilton make one half chance McGregor deals with easily that's it that's all they come up with it's just given the amount of kicks in the balls that we've received recently that you're always thinking we
0: know what happens here we know this, th- this is, there's a fatal Yeah offense. this is this is the syndrome though of this. The, you know the, the, the key second goal and bizarre as it sounds, uh, you know the, the the Celtic result just put I think further pressure on us to be able to try and and get that result. And I think as you say, it's the it, it's the slapping the balls then the kicking the balls, where you you're expected to win and you want to win even more because Celtic have dropped points. So there's that additional pressure put onto you as well. So looking back in it, knowing what the result is, you're looking back going, Jesus, no idea why I was so nervous when you're watching it you're absolutely shitting bricks because, mm. again, you just don't want to fail to capitalise on that opportunity. So, James, I was impressed the last two
1: matches with Ross McCrory and I know there's a wee bit of blame attached to him for the goal in Vienna, but I, I still think overall he was excellent. And what I like about him is when he patrols that area he wins the ball and he immediately gives it but he gives it forward all the time he's always looking to nip in win the ball and give it forward and there's a dynamism about him that I don't think we get from maybe some of our other midfielders
2: yeah he's he's a player who knows what his role is and is very comfortable in that role you know win the ball back from the opposition first thought who can I give it to that's going to advance the ball further? Because that's not my game, but I know guys who can do that. Mm-hmm. So let me see who's there. And he's got, you know, one once or twice there was a couple of stray passes uh, in there when he was trying to to play for it. Just went a bit of ski whiff. But other than that, I thought yeah you know, he had a very very good game, and he's he's very natural for that role for that holding midfield role. Probably the most natural actually in the in the squad. Thinking about it, you look at other guys that have played there over the course of the season. Kulabali, maybe not quite at the level that we were maybe thought initially that we saw. He's he's kinda dipped away. Rossitar, um, I don't think we can necessarily at the moment rely on him purely from a fitness point of view. Ryan Jack, maybe his game is slightly different from that. So you know, I I, I certainly would like to see if we're gonna play with a holder in a team for whatever game we feel is necessary for that, I think Ross McCrooy would be, for me, the first choice for that, for that role.
1: I just think it's something different and it's something that we lack in there. But overall, Cammy, we didn't learn anything we didn't know already, which is that we lack creativity. We tend to stick to the same tactic at the moment, which is get the ball wide, visit the cross in with 22 corners, with God knows how many crosses into the box. And we know we need to get to January by Hooker by crook in a half-decent position and then add a couple of players into that midfield area who can give us that wee bit extra, that shot from distance, that pass, that little bit of inspiration that maybe a Graham Dorans could have done, but unfortunately can't. And we need someone who can come in and do things a little bit different in there. Yeah, it
0: sounds slightly contradictory if you're saying... We lack creativity, but we put in, I think, just over two thousand corners. Mm. Um, the issue, the issue is, it's, it's adaptation for me. That that would probably be the terminology we use. And if we can get a midfielder who can provide something different to just being able to go down the flanks, and if there's no crosses, you know, or, or, you know, crosses not being converted because there's plenty of them coming in. Again, it's another point in laughing, which I probably should have touched on. That for someone with his frame How terrible he is in the air at times That being said, obviously I had two headers Which should have been goals Yeah, those um,
1: were bad
0: headers we, Yeah, no, absolutely First one's a bad header Second one's an excellent header Which was, you know, made by a phenomenal save
1: I think it's a phenomenal save but I think he missed times the jump I think if you look at it He's coming down when the ball arrives Whereas if he'd timed the jump right He'd have got over it, headed it down and It would have been a goal But anyway, I'm, I am maybe being half Yeah, no, no, sorry I'm I'm
0: right. I know you, you just you hate to laugh I'm right Um uh-huh. Um, but the point is that you know if we can have someone who can mix up in terms of a shot from distance being able to try and play it through the middle of the park so again when we've seen it before if teams start to to kind of condense like Dundee did for example then what we're looking to be able to try and do is mix and match it slightly but we do need someone who can strike balls from 25 to 30 yards out um, because see, at the very least even if Marelos is playing or we've got someone else who's quite nippy what we can then do is if a keeper has to force a save they can get the mop up and I think that that's something which we need to be able to try and look at. And, and I'll be looking towards that in the in the transfer window. For me, the, the, the priority is a striker. Absolutely, 110% a striker. Um, but coming back to the McCrory thing, just very, very quickly. What's interesting, and, and you've kind of hit the nail on the head there as well, is we've got a number of different tools in that midfield box, to coin a really wanky management term, where we should be able to mix and match style, quality, current performance you know confidence levels based on the opposition and based on what we know each individual player can be able to try and give to us because um, Ryan Jack will run forever in a day but he doesn't have the penetration that we've just mentioned there in terms of McCrory McCrory for me and another plus point for him has cut out for me some of the mistakes which probably saw him penalised last season so he might have overran the ball he might have made silly decisions which has kind of cost him a red card Um all of that for me looks like that's been coached out of his game. Um, so I'd absolutely be comfortable giving McCrory a run into your team and, and what that would further emphasize is that once you're in the team, if you're playing well, you don't you don't get dropped, you know, whoever you're replacing, irrespective of age, seniority, anything like that, you have to play to get back in that team and that that's a healthy position to be in, you know.
1: There's one less um position and they're fighting for it now, James, and that's where the news that Oviagaria has returned to Liverpool. Sounds as though it was his own request, um, and obviously the clubs in uh, chartered to him. Steven Gerrard today said, "Does he understand it? Yes. Is he happy with it? No, because he thought Oviedo had a great opportunity here to play at a big club in front of fifty-one thousand people. But if he's not happy, doesn't want him about the place. Uh now." you don't know what's going on in somebody's personal life so I don't think it's fair he said the, the manager said it's a 100% football reasons there are rumours no more than that but rumours that Ovi Jari has said he found the Scottish league a little bit too physical but I think it kind of ties into what we've seen with a few of the lone players who've come in especially midfield with Zalalem and Heinemann spring to mind that they Sean Goss as well last season that they start off really well they dip um, and I think at the start It's the adrenaline Of wow I'm here Look how big this club is Look at all these fans And they start well all the adrenaline Then they dip Which is natural It can happen Especially with the youngsters But then When that happens And they're in the For the first time really In their lives They're in the eye Of this criticism That comes from being At a big club Where fans are like I don't care Play well This is who we are <laughs> And it's They can't handle it And That does make me think That long term I think if you look at All the kind of Academy players That we've brought in So far, the only one you would say was a success has really been Ryan Kent. And I do wonder if, with Rangers, it's a good idea for certain clubs, but maybe not for a club of our size, because I I just don't know. The pattern seems to repeat consistently with this. And I wonder if we wouldn't be better off maybe just going to our own youth team. Because there's also this thing in any job, if it's a temp job, and a loan is, of course, essentially a temp job, you have an escape route if things get tough. Whereas if you're there and it's your only option, you, you have to fit, You have to just get your head down and your arse up and get on with it. Whereas I do wonder with these players if there is a bit at the back of their mind that goes, I come out of here in three months anyway.
2: I think, well, talking specifically about Ajaria, he looked like both in his playing style and sort of his demeanour kind of off the field as well, he seemed like overly... Overly relaxed, but I think you know, to an extent, that can be quite a good trait. But too much of a good trait can often be a bad trait uh, in the long run. Like, and, I'm too sexy, and you know it. Mm. Um, but you know, with, with the Jari, I, I think. At once he started getting criticism And he didn't maybe didn't quite expect uh, Because I think there's some fans The way that he it's plays It's new to him fans, he hasn't gone through this before There's some Rangers fans That just won't take to a guy Who no. plays the way that he plays That can have a style Aye for some, for some clubs That style can absolutely work I don't think it really works For Rangers particularly in that role Particularly in the, the Kind of Mode that we are in just now So It's not surprising And these a young guy as well You, you know You remember that And I, I, I think and think he'll look back in it and think he missed an opportunity because, you know, it's, it's a, it's a strange, it, it's, it's a strange thing to do to kind of cancel your loan as, as early as that, um, as well. You know, does he? Does that
1: help his long-term Liverpool career? I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have thought turning back up at Anfield with a bad report from on your attitude from Stephen Gerrard mm. and Michael Beale and Tom Coulshaw is going to do you much good, no? No,
2: that's, that, that, that could be a concern for him. That'll be one I'll, I'll keep an eye on in terms of where his career goes and you look at that... Uh, you know, this this point in his career is massive for him. Um your point on loan loan players uh, is is an interesting one actually as well. Like uh, I I never really thought about it from the point of view of look at some of the youth players, you know, Andy Dallas yesterday, um no not that one, on the bench and
1: you know, that's a starting yeah, point Yeah, he was a fourth official too. He did mm. double duty yesterday. Yeah. We yeah fourth and official and on the bench for Rangers.
2: You have no idea how high this goes. Um but I'm I'm impressed with the fact that, you know, we're, we're starting to bleed through guys and I get the feeling that Stephen Gerrard is the kind of manager who wants to try and bring through some of these guys as well. So maybe maybe we are getting to a point where yeah, we should do, and rather than you know, ovi Jarry played more games for Rangers than he has played at any other club combined in his in his career. Those are those the kind of players that we should be bringing on loan. I'm not sure. Ryan Kent makes a bit more sense because he had a full season at Barnsley, where he was one of their one of their top performers. Has had experience of playing abroad in mm-hmm. Freiburg, um, which maybe didn't go as well. Which also is quite important for for that mm-hmm. for someone's development in their career. So to then come to Rangers from there and to be performing the way he is, actually there's maybe not as much of a surprise there as well. So. Um, you know, Maybe we need to be careful about the kind of lone players That we're bringing in Guys like Zalalem, guys like Heinemann Are they going to be ones that are significantly going to improve the team? Probably not Is there someone in the youth academy that might be just as good for that job? Maybe not But it's a, probably a better risk to take I would suggest Because the reward is much higher for us in the long run
0: Yeah, Cammy, your thoughts? I think it's it's difficult for these for these young players being able to come in, James is right in terms of, you know, you could have a, a a mix of experience from one player to the other if you've had the opportunity to play abroad. Um there's absolutely no doubt to my mind, and listen, you know, if you remember for anyone who's at the the Clint Hill live show, he mentioned, you know, straight off the bat the expectation level at Rangers, the fact that the crowd can can turn on on you if you're not performing, And This is a guy who, you know, has played in massive Games in huge leagues, and he still found that daunting. And he's been twice the age of the, the What I will say is, for Ajaria's credit is, I never really thought as if he downed tools or anything. I never thought he just gave up the ghost. Um, I think um, it, it can be pretty unsettling. Um, your point to to homegrown players, David, is interesting because I don't know if you say to. Uh, 18-year-old external loanee Rangers' expectations because you're here for six months, 12 months, whatever. Or whether or not you say that to a 12-year-old academy player and it's ingrained from them at the start. Now, obviously, Liverpool, massive club. You know, I'm, I'm absolutely certain that you know they'll have done similar with their youth development systems, etc., as well. But the key difference to this for me is I don't think Ovi Adjari expects to play in the Liverpool first team on a consistent basis. I don't think any of us will expect to see that happen. That sounds like as if I'm kind of pulling the lad down, but I think you know what I mean. No,
1: I, I, don't, I don't see it either. I don't, I don't quite know. Yeah. I don't think Lovia Jarris figured out quite what he is yet because he does have a skill set, but I don't quite see where he fits in a team at times. He doesn't do enough to be an attacking midfielder and he's not quite sturdy enough yet to be a defensive midfielder. So, I, 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 yeah, I think he needs to figure well, but, it out. This is my point but, though, Cammy, about one of these loans is that I worry that they're maybe better for the player than they are for us.
0: Possibly, but then there's a, there's a little bit of a difference between being in a comfort zone and being in a growth zone. And I think a player has got the right, and I will say this, irrespective of the club that they are, either the parent club or their loanee club, that they need to, to be selfish and they need to be able to try and grow with that. Um, if you look at Middleton, for example, Middleton was selfish um, and he probably said, you, and he took risks in terms of saying, actually, I don't want to play in the first team yet, I want to be able to go continue to develop, continue to enhance my game and take it from there. And and that, I know it sounds crazy, but the thing is that's a really, really mature thing to do from someone of that age. Now, if you if you take a E, for example, and you then say to them, like, this is Rangers, we are one of the biggest clubs in the world. Um, domestically, you know, we have got massive pressure on us. We are very much in a transitional period within the club's history. Um, the fans will not expect... Um, you know, the, the the kind of things that you can perform, but what you will hear is an expectation of when you have that shirt on, you give absolutely everything. And sometimes that can be really difficult for a lonely player to come in and actually buy into straight away. I think we've got the coaching set up to ingrain that into players, and this is his first time in that position, bringing in lonely players and having to set that expectation. So do you know what? It might be a learning period, and it might be this might be a lesson for for Gerard to turn around and go look. If we continue to tap into uh, the Liverpool talent pool, then for me, absolutely, that's a resource that we cannot ignore. But he probably has to turn around then and say to to whoever he's having these conversations with at Liverpool under Klopp staff, and say look. I will take X player, but what I'm telling you right now is, if that person cannot deal with this pressure, there is no point in them coming to us.
1: But then, uh, there is no- the point from Liverpool's point of view is to find that if he can, that's why they're sending him to
0: us. 100% but but conversely, we've just put Billy Cuckwood in a position where we're looking after lone players being able to try and go out with this. Now, I did scratch my head at that appointment, but when you consider scenarios such as this, Actually, that seems to be quite savvy. Now, obviously, it's not the first time that's happened. It's the first time it's happened with us, but it obviously goes on at other clubs. But the thing is, though, that with that player's welfare in mind, then you have to try and take it from there. So we're not Gerard. So in that scenario, for example, Gerard says to him, this is what the expectation is. And then the parent club, their loan manager, whatever you want to call that person in that kind of position, amplifies that message. Then what we're doing is we're setting that player up with an expectation that they have got to go and deliver. And you know what? If he can't do that, fair enough. But it probably does put quite a heavy steer on where your next club may be, the direction of your career, etc. And that comes back to the point you said earlier on. David, I don't know if Ajaria. I don't even know if Ajaria knows what his best position is because we can't answer that question in the moment. He had the opportunity to be able to shine with some of that up here. It hasn't worked. Okay, no harm, no foul. Away he goes. He's got pretty much all of our best wishes. Um, but maybe the lesson for him out the back of that is maybe what he was trying to do here does not suit his game. Maybe he can't deal with the physicality of it. Maybe he has to play in another position or play in another league where that's not as much as a problem. Um, But for us, being selfish, we have to bring in players of, in my opinion, the correct calibre who understand where we are at, at the moment. It's all very well and good having Rangers history and legacy, but where we are in the current climate, of this overwhelming amount of fan expectation because of how starved we are of success, yeah. you, you need to be able to deal with that. And if you can't deal with that, then, as I say, maybe you don't have the calibre to come to a club and perform.
1: Mm, wouldn't disagree with that. Now, we head off to Easter Road this week for what's going to be a very difficult fix here because regardless of form, I think we all know that Hibs will turn up against us and give it everything they have. They haven't been playing well, but they picked up two decent wins uh, over the last couple of weeks, including probably the best performance, and no, will probably about it, The best performance this season when they defeated Celtic 2-0 at the weekend there. And, and were, where were worthy from what I saw of it, James? I mean, they they deserved it, got a goal early, exploited Celtic's weaknesses on the, the flanks and got a good result. One of the things about Hibs is that, at least you know, yes, they're going to come out and play us like it's a cup final, but they do it against Celtic too. There's a lot of teams in the SPFL that don't quite do that. Uh, they don't manage to... They give the same against Celtic as they give against us. And Hibs do. So we need to go there and be aware that they're going to be flying at The traps they are going to be very confident and they're going to come at us. The converse side of it is for us, we've complained recently that we struggle against packed defences. We're going to get room to play.
2: Hmm. Aye. So, yes, that, that does help uh, with, with the way that we expect to play. Uh, my, my fear and what I hope doesn't happen is... We, we try to be overly clever and think well that's how they're going to play so we're going to do something different. No, no, no. The way that we normally well, Celtic like to... kind of tried that with 3 yeah.
1: three five two and and it did not work at
2: all. Yeah, exactly. So we we know how we play best and we where we can get the best performances and the way the Hibs play best. It means that it's going to be an open game. So it, it's a game for me that will come down to the to to the two defenses and. I think our defence now is a lot more settled. As I say, if we played that same back five, that what we did on Sunday, uh, I'll be very happy. I think I think that's the back five you want to have going into that. I'd even say Ross McCrory in there as well would probably be a very, very fair shout. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it stands us in good stead. We we need to have, you know, having Morelos back in there is going to be massive but for that,
1: that, for me, would be the only change. Yeah, I'd bring Morales in for
2: laughing, and that would be it for me. Yeah, I'd probably actually, I'd, I'd probably be the same. I can't think of anyone else I'd maybe want in uh, at this stage, but you know, he he will be massive for us from an attacking point of view, and you know, the link-up play that we that we saw bits of, maybe not all the time, but bits of there will will come into play as well. So tough game. You know, Heads of good players. They are not quite the level that I expected them to be. I thought. I honestly thought they would be the best of the rest um, going into this season. They've they've dipped a wee bit. I think that's partly down to their manager's mentality not quite being in it now. I don't think he's. I think
1: as well they did lose McGinn and McGeehawk, who were the best players.
2: Well, that's also fair, but they do have they do have attacking talent. You know, yeah, they, 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 McLaren and Camberry are probably. Canberra a good striker. Yeah, yeah they're they 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 are they are good for for this league, you know, they're they are they are higher end strikers for, for this league for sure. So I don't rate the defence though as much though. So I think I think we can score. It's, it's just about it? mm, yes, yeah, indeed. So we've we've got to we've got to um we've got to score and we've got to be solid at back, you know it, basic football I should be a coach you could um, you know, be with yeah, that adjective. I know yeah, yeah, exactly yeah,
1: yeah, no, mm. that's, that's great insight James we need to score and try not to concede any Um, I, I do I think mm. there's, there's gold in that Absolutely. In that plan mate you should share it with people uh, Cami, I think that as James said you know you're going to get against Hibs especially the first 20 minutes they're going to come out ferociously against you and you have to stand up to that and if possible actually be calm and try to take advantage of the space that will grant you at the back
0: Yeah I think um, what you want to be able to try and do is, is again if we had to use a kind of wanky managerial phrases, is you want to try and recycle the ball quite quickly let Hibs chase you a little bit because they will do the press they will try to shut you down really quickly our players I would say the first the first third of the game will have no real concerted time in the ball if you think that you're going to be able to take two, three, four, five touches in order to try and pick out a pass or do anything like that it's really not going to get it I think we need to we need to be very careful for Morelos because I would absolutely expect Lennon to target him and wind him up
1: Yeah they are, they're going to do that Everyone's going to do
0: that now Yeah they are, but the thing is though that Lennon, he was like that as a player he was like that as a coach at Celtic He knew how to be able to get into the heads of opposition players um, and he utilised his players in the best possible way to be able to try and make that happen. So I would expect him to get one early doors. Um, I think, I mean, I I watched part of the game and watched the highlights yesterday. Um, I think for me, I mean, Celtic caused a lot of their own downfall, if I'm perfectly honest, because I think that defensively they were absolutely atrocious. Uh, Roger's got it completely wrong one other thing which is important with that however was that Malin for me looks very very comfortable not not necessarily stepping into the John McGinn role but in terms of that industry in the middle of the park but with his ability and his range of passing I think can be very very dangerous um, quite a few opportunities came for Hibbs where they committed men forward Malin received the ball and then he's able to ping over a ball onto to, you know a winger who's, who's making space so um, I totally agree with you, boys. The only change I would make would be um, Morelos and for Lafferty, but on the premise that our fullbacks don't go a wandering and stick to the stick to the the kind of core basics. Let them use a lot of their energy. Let them wind it down slightly. I have get zero doubt he will absolutely be motivated to get the old firm scalp. If he can do that in a double header, uh, he'll be absolutely over the moon with that. Um, so what we need to be able to do, we need to take our chances. We won't have anyone near the level of ammunition that we had against Hamilton at home. So we need to come into that with a, you know, a proper mindset of as soon as you get an opportunity, you've got to finish it. Mm. Uh, and as I say, I think, I mean, I think we can take the three points. I really do. Um, I don't think Hibs are by any way the finished article. Um, but I, again, like you say, they will be dangerous, and he will absolutely be motivated for it.
1: I'm gonna go for Rangers two one, James.
0: Um, I'm gonna go for Rangers three two. Oh,
1: sounds an exciting game, Cameron.
0: Um, to be different, I'll say three one with Hibbs to lead up until the 70th minute, Lafferty to come on in and score a hat trick.
1: I think we all agree that we don't want Hibbs to have a red card though, because we're not very good at that. <laughs> so you know, but if if Hibbs get a red card, could Rangers immediately just. Take, have one of the players Walk over and Punch Lennon And take the red card For that Could,
2: could Lennon be sent off though Probably, will be, be? Let's yeah, probably be will be Yeah probably will be at some yes, point yes, yes, that, for that.
1: that is going to happen um, Okay then folks That's um, pretty much It for us This week here On Heart and Hand We will be back on Thursday With Heart and Hand Extra Now there's no longer the European games Unfortunately and we'll discuss everything that happened in the Hibs match before looking ahead to the weekend's match. Before we go, just to let you know that you can always hear more from us if you go to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where you will find loads and loads of wonderful content. Not just football these days, actually. We've even got a darts one during the World Championships. But there's tons of entertaining chat there. Uh, just go to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, just one ninety nine please sign up for that. And also, we will be, thanks to phenomenal demand, genuinely, um, our live show with Kevin Thompson at Ibrox uh, in February sold out in minutes. And a lot of people saying they didn't even get a chance to get tickets. Well, this week you will, because tickets will be going on sale on Wednesday. Uh, If there's any left over after going to the Patreon, and that, hey, no no apologies. Uh, That's Patreon. Uh, Patreon guys get uh, a... a pre-sale link. That's part of the thing for subscribing. But uh we will be putting tickets up and sale if there's any left over uh, public on Wednesday at 1 o'clock and our social media, on our website, the, the usual places. If you want to come see Kevin Thompson with us on Friday the 15th of March in the beautiful uh, Argyles... Uh, Ibrox, sweet, sorry, at uh, Ibrox, then please come along. It'll be a wonderful night. And Kevin has uh, promised to two-foot Cammy for being cheeky to him. So you're fucked, mate.
0: He's getting it. Oh, Ooh. that's a big talk. Isn't it?
1: <laughs> now, just before we go, we've just got time for our Total Hartson Award, and that's when we go round the world of well, football, but sport, anything really in general, to see who's made uh, the biggest dick of themselves and said or done something that's so stupid that it could have issued from the mind and mouth of the former Wales striker John Hartson James, mm. the floor is yours.
2: Normally, we like to give this award to a person. Um, However, I'm going to be slightly different Mm. this week. I'm going to give it to a programme. And the programme, specifically, is Sports Scene. Okay. Now, Sports Scene, uh, at the moment, it's just a terrible, terrible programme. And I I, I tend to avoid it. However, I wasn't able to avoid this absolute fuck-up that Sports Scene did when they showed the highlights of our game. Afterwards, uh, they have the wee stats in the in the bottom corner um, to kind of say what happened in the game kind of overall. Yeah, like
1: Cornell's those yellow cards that kind of thing.
2: Exactly, exactly. So whilst um, the interesting Stephen Thompson and the uh, bleep Michael Stewart mm. were were talking their nonsense, it was they had the stats up for the Rangers Hamilton game. Now. When we were at the game, I was fairly convinced it was 1-0 to Rangers It was, yes Yeah, Yeah. well apparently it wasn't Because according to Sports Scene, it was a 0-0 draw
1: (laughs) Right, okay, they're now not counting goals from Uh, Rangers uh, Pretty pretty much, it seems like that, yeah Uh,
2: I I felt we dominated possession In the game I don't think Hamilton had apparently we only had
1: 52% Mm, Of the ball No it was in the 60s
2: Yeah mm, At least Mm. I think I think
1: it was around about 63
2: Yes uh, We counted about Genuinely about 20 corners 22 Uh, My eyes are deceiving me Because apparently we only had 4
1: Now that How do you I mean surely somebody goes No, wait a minute I've just watched this game They corner every 20 seconds There's no way that that's accurate But it's just It's it's BBC Scotland It's it's shoddy They don't care the
2: the pièce de résistance with this right bookings now I can't, I can't remember how many bookings happened in the game but with bookings they tell you which players got booked which is quite interesting I was like alright okay for Hamilton they had one player booked who was Willock I didn't know Willock played no, for, he Hamilton. Play for Hamilton no 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 that's not the best one though for Rangers we had one player booked Gallagher no. No Gallagher with a G. I'm I'm quite surprised that we would have. No, uh, we wouldn't
1: have a Gallagher with a G. No, no. Um, so yeah, hmm. if they are. It's, it's a shoddy, shambolic program, and uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me.
0: Cameron, I think um, my one now probably because I I like the sports scene one because uh, there was quite a few interesting pieces in there. One it was um the the idea that Scott Brown's tackle was only a yellow card, yes. which Michael Stewart, for all of his bleating about referees, actually has the audacity to come out and say that that salt was only a yellow is just phenomenal. Um, for me, I think the hearts now, and I think it's going to be this way until you know the inevitable happens. But it's going to be Jose Mourinho. I just he is losing it big style. He came out after uh, getting pumped by Liverpool. To state that Liverpool were better and faster and stronger, which I'm sure is every word that Man United fans want to be able to hear. Um, Jose's, i know you guys obviously do the, the the Seagull Show on the Patreon site, but Josie Josie's done. He's finished. He's absolutely, you know, served his time yeah, at Man he, United. He, he, and he how it, how he survived, I've got no idea. Now. Because
1: it will cost sixty million to get rid of him and his team. <laughs> um, he's due thirty-five million. In his back pocket And you're right And now his interviews Are just basically Pay me off <laughs> Can I have my money please? It's the
0: It's the simple fact as well That he doesn't I mean don't get wrong I understand the argument That most people have When you talk about Getting rid of me You know is, Well who do you replace him with I understand that at the moment um, But Mourinho now Just all he wants to talk about Is his past glories He just wants yeah, no to no fucking about, wonder Would you be talking you about know, What was currently going on but the thing is that you can't, you can't even motivate guys now like Pogba and all the rest of it. So he needs to take time out of football in order to be able to do that. Yeah. He has got absolute world-class talent as a manager. He just cannot inspire that team to do anything further anymore. Yeah. Um, he's going to stay as harpson as far as I'm concerned, until the inevitable happens And Matt. Man United need to need to get rid of them in some capacity.
2: Yeah, the, the favourite game thing game. that for me that Mourinho does is whenever he's interviewed after like a two one loss, you say, "Well, actually, we scored two goals, but one of them was our own goal." Mm. Um, so you know,
1: we won. Yeah, yeah. I, he doesn't. I mean, you can see now that he's actually gone through the pain, and now he's 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 in acceptance, as yes. I think grief counsellors call it, mm. and he's just waiting on his money. So we'll need to see how that resolves itself. I'll give it to Sports Scene because they deserve it. So well done, Sports Scene. You're probably quite proud of this Sports Scene, but uh, yes. you you win this week's hearts and the only award, award. they're going to fucking win no, it's true soon. that you know hearts and next it will be over the moon ah. okay folks thank you very much for joining us just time to thank my executive producers in London Mr Mike Lee and Paul Myers to thank my guests today the wonderful Mr James Forrest thank you David the splendid Mr Cameron James Bell
0: thank you David
1: and we will be back on Thursday with Heart and Hand Extra until then enjoy Easter Road and we'll be back soon cheers bye <laughs>